welcome to the 151st episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. So, Roger, we're uh, rounding out earnings. U.S. Cellular reported last Friday, and they had some pretty interesting news. You want to tell us about it? Well, they told they're exploring strategic alternatives. And that means they're selling, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know when, but U.S. Cellular has been this now rural carrier that has been taking on slowly water or, or, or losing losing buoyance over time. And I followed them and, and know them for more than 20 years. And I always say, you know, numbers and facts are important, but numbers and facts don't make decisions. Because when I was a young analyst at when I was at Yankee, I looked at it and I'm like, U.S. Cellular, this thing has only a limited run rate. And so at a, at a CTI event, I, I had like a conversation with U.S. Cellular folks at their table at the, the reception at the time. And I said, like, guys, you're dead men walking. And they were laughing at me and said, like, no way. We're going to be around for a long, long time. And I was wrong. And they were right. Because... U.S. Cellular is 82% owned by TDS, which is controlled by the Carlson family. So this was an emotional, personal decision to have this around because I think I knew U.S. Cellular when they had like 6 million customers, and they're now down to 5.5 if you add prepaid and postpaid together. They lost, again... 28,000 postpaid customers, 8,000 prepaid customers. And so they made the announcement that they're looking at, at alternatives. And right, they got how long? Two years ago or three? Do you remember, Don? Laurent Terribel as a new CEO. It was about three years ago, yeah. From, from Verizon. Uh, no, from AT&T, sorry. And he has been tasked to revive that because U.S. Cellular also had this, this series of, of CEOs and they had married Dylan for a while who now runs Alta, the, the makeup company. And when I first followed them, they were like in Chicago, in northern Florida. They were everywhere. And over the last 20 years, U.S. Cellular sold their largest, most competitive markets and increasingly ran away from competition into rural America, where they were very successful beating up the little guys, running away from the big guys, right? It's just, there are no more little guys and the big guys are showing up. Well, and there's nowhere left, there's nowhere left to run. Right. There's no more left to run but the exit, right? Yep. Talk a little bit about their assets, right? Because they have a, uh, they have their own towers, they own their own spectrum, presumably for you know either one of the national operators or for the cable operators. This could be an interesting acquisition target, right? Well, for for the cable operators, 
I don't think so, because there's no need overlap with a cable operator, right? Because MSOs have, have this huge patchwork of wherever they are. It doesn't line up neatly, and it doesn't line up with anybody. It's not nationwide. So it just complicates that whole Verizon relationship unnecessarily. So it, it will be very interesting to see, and I think all of the MNOs will be interested. The question is, can they afford it, right? I don't think DISH can afford it. They can't afford to build out. So how can they do that? I think T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, all of them are interested. The question is, what are they buying? When we look at, at when they're buying like very small carriers, the carriers only buy the spectrum because they have already equipment in place. They have the towers. They just need more, more spectrum. They don't want to integrate whatever equipment the other guys have, which is typically aging, not to the standard or approved what what they have. So they just buy Spectrum. They don't even buy customers anymore because when somebody buys them, a third runs away, goes to another carrier, uses that as a reason. So with very small carriers, the deal is Spectrum and will give you a... A bounty for customers. A bounty right? for every customer who signs up or, or moves over to us. And so that's a completely different, not a completely different picture, but a slightly different picture with like Sprint, when, when T-Mobile ran Copbot Sprint. But they basically shut down the Sprint network now. So they needed to buy them for the, the, the equipment, but ultimately didn't want to because they they needed a migration. Same thing on the back end, right? And they still lost probably, what, 10, 15% of the Sprint customer base. And so the question is, whoever buys this, will they buy just the Spectrum? Will they buy Spectrum and 4 million or less customers? Or, and will they buy the equipment? Is there an angle here around tower companies? Because doesn't doesn't US Cellular own a lot of their own towers as well, like a vertical bridge? Or- they own their own towers, right? They have, what, 4,000 towers? Here's the problem. And Lauren said on the earnings call, we think our towers are a very attractive property. Here's the problem. On average, in the US, for the big tower companies, the average number of tenants on a tower is 2.3, which means MNO1, MNO2, and one-third of the towers, you have MNO3, right, on it. Mm-hmm. For the U.S. cellular-owned towers, the average tenant number is 1.5, which means if you take U.S. cellular out, half of the towers have no tenants. And all the carriers have built their network and have an AWS grid that works without the U.S. cellular towers. I don't think that tower portfolio is worth that much. Maybe unless you're DISH, but DISH, as we said, DISH probably can't afford it, right? Yeah, well, and, and DISH is the cheapest of all the guys 
that, that are leasing towers. And they're proud of it, and the tower guys complain about it, right? But they take the extra money. So how a cash-constrained dish would buy these towers, I can't see it, because towers only make sense when you have multiple tenants on it, right? Otherwise, meh. I mean, is there a world where there's an MVNO that wants to make the jump to be an operator could, could even come close to affording this? I mean, you know, or like Google, right? Like what if Google wanted to operate a network? What if the Catholic church wants to run a network, right? It's, it's equally likely. First, they need spectrum. They don't have spectrum. Why, why have this, right? I think this is the cautionary tale of going from MVNO to MNO. It's a whole different game. Well, I mean, I think if you were Google and you were buying this, you would buy the Spectrum alongside it, right? I mean, I'm not suggesting they would buy towers with no Spectrum to operate on. That doesn't make sense, right? Okay. Google is trying to sell Google Fi. Why would they want to buy US Cellular? Doesn't make sense. I'm just I'm just listing out people you know people who are MVNOs that would have the money to do it right. Like that's that's the challenge, right? Is like, do they have the money? Is there a use case there? You're saying there's no use case. I get that. The people with money look at the valuations that the telecommunications providers are getting that day, and they are like, I'm a stock that trades at twenty or thirty times earnings. And the communications providers are in the single digits, with the exception of T-Mobile. Why would I destroy my valuation to do this, right? Well, that's a good question, right? But I mean, Google's Google's still doing stuff with fiber, right? Even though the, even though those same telecommunications providers have low multiples, they're still you know developing their own handsets, which obviously have benefits in terms of controlling the ecosystem and things like that. I don't I don't think it's as, it's as cut and dry of a calculation as you say it is. But I agree, I agree that it's an outside chance. My 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 only point is that as we run down the list of folks who could potentially buy them, that, that list isn't very long, right? No, and the list of people who would make sense outside the telecommunication space is even smaller. It would make as much sense for Disney to buy U.S. Cellular. Speaking of failed MVNOs, right, from way back when. It doesn't make sense for anybody to buy them other than MNO. Why be a regional carrier these days? It is a very tough business. It is not a growth business. Well, and, you know, accordingly, we're, we're recording in there about them, you know, searching for a sale, not having been sold, right? Yes, exactly. And it only makes sense to get in, like with when you're an, an MSO, in order to protect your broadband business and vice versa, right? But all these people who have been clamoring for 20 years for Google or, or Apple or whoever to rescue them from the evil MNOs, I'm sorry. You're waiting for Godot. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're bearish on a U.S. cellular sale, at least, you know, at the valuations they think they were. No, it will happen. Somebody will buy them. Just the question is when. How, and for how and much? Likely buyers. Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T. 
Are there antitrust issues potentially? Not really. I don't think the HHI is high enough and it doesn't move it that much because you have a small carrier with less than 5 million customers out of 280. They're not, you know, a big competitive threat. Or let's say this differently, on a nationwide scale, they're not. Clearly on a nationwide scale, right? Right. I mean, I think this is more analogous to the Altel acquisition, right? Yes, and there were some conditions, but, you know, uh, U.S. Cellular is not selling because they're that successful and are kicking butt and taking names, right? They're slowly losing customers every single quarter. I don't remember when they didn't lose customers. It's like a slow air leak in, in your car tire. At one point in time, it's going to go flat. Well, we'll keep an eye on the slow air leak and uh, circle back when there is a sale. I know, you know, as, as you know, sometimes these things are up for sale for quite some time before anybody takes a bite of the apple. Well, we don't know how much how much the Carlson family wants for this, right? You know, that's that's the other thing. It's sure I want to sell this, but for how much? It's not about how much money you think you want to get for it. It's it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. And so we'll see. We don't know about that. All right. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Roger. Talk to you next week. <laughs>